Emergency medications. Medications EMTs can administer. Non-prescription aspirin is used to prevent heart attacks in people who have had a heart attack in the past or have had angina, chest pain that occurs when the heart does not get enough oxygen. Non-prescription aspirin is also used to reduce the risk of death in people who are experiencing or who have recently experienced a heart attack. Non-prescription aspirin is also used to prevent ischemic strokes, strokes that occur when a blood clot blocks the flow of blood to the brain, or many strokes, strokes that occur uh, when the flow of blood to the brain has been blocked for a short period of time, uh, also known as a TIA. In people who have had this type of stroke or mini stroke in the past, aspirin will not prevent hemorrhagic strokes, strokes caused by bleeding in the brain. Aspirin is in a group of medication called salicylates. It works by stopping the production of certain natural substances that cause fever, pain, swelling, and blood clots. The adult dose of aspirin is 325 milligrams or four baby aspirin. Baby aspirin was chosen because it can be chewed by the patient for faster digestion, not to mention they are delicious. What are blood thinners? Blood thinners are medications that prevent blood clots from forming. They do not break up clots that you already have, but they can stop those clots from getting bigger. It's important to treat clots because clots in your blood vessels can cause heart attack strokes and blockages. Who needs blood thinners? A certain heart or blood vessel diseases. An abnormal heart rhythm called atrial fibrillation. A heart valve replacement. A risk of blood clots after surgery. Congenital heart defects. What are the different types of blood thinners? There are different types of blood thinners. Anticoagulants such as heparin or warfarin slow down your body's process of making clots. Antiplatelets such as aspirin or clodoprogel pre prevent blood cells called platelets from clumping together to form a clot. Antiplatelets are mainly taken by people who have had a heart attack or stroke. Oral glucose. Oral glucose is an over-the-counter medication consisting primarily of dextrose, sugar, and water along with small amounts of compounds. It is frequently used by people with diabetes and those with hypoglycemia to raise their blood sugar when it becomes dangerously low. Hypoglycemia occurs when blood sugar levels drop too low. It can cause a variety of symptoms including hunger, sweating, heart, rapid heart rate, and shaking. If left untreated, hypoglycemia can lead to a loss of consciousness. Onset of hypoglycemia can be sudden, requiring glucose levels to be normalized by consuming carbohydrates. Diabetics are generally recommended to carry 15 grams of glucose with them at all times. Oral glucose gel is used to raise dangerously low blood glucose concentration of blood glucose that has dropped too low for the patient's adaptive compensatory mechanisms to cope with. The gel may be self-administered by an emergency medical technician or paramedic responding to a hypoglycemic emergency. As glucose molecules will absorb directly into the oral tissue, the gel is either directly swallowed or allowed to stay in the mouth momentarily to facilitate rapid absorption via various areas of the mouth cavity and then swallowed to allow absorption into the blood via the small intestines. Oxygen. Oxygen is an essential medicine used to care for patients at all levels of the healthcare system including surgery, trauma, heart failure, asthma, pneumonia, and maternal and child care. Pneumonia alone counts for 800,000 deaths per year. It is estimated that 20 to 40 percent of these deaths could have been prevented with the availability of oxygen therapy. Oxygen is a gas that your body needs to work properly. Your cells need oxygen to make energy. Your lungs absorb oxygen from the air you breathe. The oxygen enters your blood from your lungs and travels to your organs and body tissues. Certain medical conditions can cause your blood oxygen levels to be too low. Low blood oxygen may make you feel short of breath, tired, or confused. It can also damage your body. Oxygen therapy can help you get more oxygen. What is oxygen therapy? Oxygen therapy is a treatment that provides you with extra oxygen to breathe in. It's also called supplemental oxygen. 
It is only available through a prescription from your healthcare provider. It can be getting through the hospital, setting, or at, at home. Some people only need it for a short period of time. Others will need long-term oxygen therapy. There are different types of devices that can give you oxygen, some of which are liquid or gas oxygen. Others use oxygen concentrator, which pulls oxygen out of the air. You will get the oxygen through a nose tube, cannula, or mask or tent. The extra oxygen is breathed in along with normal air. There are portable versions of the tanks and oxygen concentrators. They make it easier for you to move around while using your therapy. Who needs oxygen? You may need oxygen if you have a condition that causes low blood, blood oxygen, such as COPD, pneumonia, COVID-19, a severe asthma attack, late-stage heart failure, cystic fibrosis, or sleep apnea. What are the side effects of using oxygen therapy? Oxygen therapy is generally safe, but it can cause side effects. They include blood or a dry or bloody nose, tiredness, and morning headaches. Oxygen poses a fire risk, so you should never smoke and use flammable materials when using oxygen. If you use oxygen tanks, make sure your tank is secured and stays upright. If it falls or cracks or the top breaks off, the tank can fly like a missile. Activated charcoal. An oral suspension of activated charcoal should be considered in poisonings with gastrointestinal decontamination uh, of an ingested toxin as indicated. Activated charcoal is most efficacious when given within one hour of ingestion of a toxin. Careful consideration of the contraindications should occur before treatment of, with activated charcoal. Activated charcoal absorbs ingested toxins in the gastrointestinal tract, preventing systemic absorption of that toxin. Activated charcoal only absorbs toxins that are dissolved in a liquid phase via direct contact. Orally administered activated charcoal does not get absorbed into the gastrointestinal lumen and acts within the gastrointestinal tract in its unchanged form. Ingested toxins come in contact with the activated charcoal if the drug has not yet been absorbed in the gastrointestinal lumen or via recirculation of the toxin into the gut lumen by either enteropathic recirculation or enteroenteric recirculation through active secretion or passive diffusion. Contraindications include patients with an unprotected other airway, in other words, a depressed level of consciousness without an endotracheal intubation. If activated, charcoal is likely to increase the risk or severity of aspiration of a toxin, hydrocarbons with high aspiration potential. When the threat of, of gastrointestinal perforation or hemorrhage is, is high, secondary to medical conditions or recent surgery. When endoscopy is likely to be attempted by, as activated charcoal may obscure in, endoscopic visualization. In the presence of intestinal obstruction, when activated charcoal is known to not meaningfully absorb the ingested toxins such as metals, acids, al alkali, electrolytes, or alcohols. Inhaled bronchodilators. Bronchodilators are a type of medication that makes breathing easier by relaxing the muscles of the lungs and widening the airways. Bronchi. They're often used to treat long-term conditions where the airways may become narrow and inflamed, such as asthma, a common lung condition caused by inflammation of the airways. Without a spacer, hold the, uh, hold the inhaler in the dominant hand. Place the mouthpiece in the mouth, an opening toward the back of the mouth, and have the patient close their lips around the mouthpiece. Ask the patient to inhale deeply and exhale completely. Ask the patient to hold the inhaler between their thumb at the base and index middle fingers at the top. Ask the patient to lift their, tilt their head back slightly and inhale deeply and slowly through the mouth while simultaneously depressing the inhaler canister. Ask the patient to hold their breath for 10 seconds without exhaling the medication. Remove the multi-dose inhaler while exhaling through the nose or pursed lips. With the spacer, 
insert the MDI into the spacer device, ask the patient to place the spacer mouthpiece in the mouth and close the lips around the mouthpiece, avoiding any exhalation openings on the spacer. Ask the patient to breathe regularly, have the patient depress the medication canister to spray one puff into the spacer device. Ask the patient to breathe deeply and hold for about five seconds and then hold the breath at the end of the inspiration for 10 seconds. If one medication, have the patient wait 20 to 30 seconds between inhalations. If more than one medication, have the patient wait two to five minutes between inhalations. Epinephrine. Epinephrine auto-injectors are handheld devices carried by those who have severe allergies. The epinephrine delivered by the device is an emergency treatment for anaphylaxis. When anaphylaxis is suspected, an epinephrine solution should be given as soon as possible as an intramuscular injection in the middle of the outer side of the thigh, which corresponds to the location of the vastus lateris muscle. The injection may be repeated every 5 to 15 minutes if there's sufficient response. A second dose is needed in 16 to 35% of episodes with more than two doses rarely required in around 80% of the cases where a second dose is administered, it is by a medical professional. It is not clear which are the people who might need the second injection at the outset. The intramuscular route is preferred over subcutaneous administration because the latter may have delayed absorption. Minor adverse effects from administration epinephrine include tremors, anxiety, headaches, and palpitations. Nitroglycerin. Nitroglycerin uh, tablets are used to treat episodes of angina, chest pain, in people who have coronary artery disease, narrowing of the blood vessels that supply the blood to the heart. It is also used just before activities which may cause episodes of angina to, in order to prevent the angina from occurring. Nitroglycerin is in a class of medications called vasodilators. It works by relaxing the blood vessels so the heart does not need to work as hard and therefore does not need as much oxygen. First, take a blood pressure. Don't administer if the blood pressure is systolic 130 or below. Nitroglycerin comes in a sublingual tablet to take under the tongue. The tablet is usually taken as needed, either 5 to 15 minutes before activities that may cause attacks of angina to begin at the first place. Do not chew, crush, or swallow the nitroglycerin tablets. Instead, place the tablet under your patient's tongue in between the cheek and gum and wait for it to dissolve. The patient may feel burning or tingling in the mouth as the tablet dissolves. This is normal. It's not a sign that the tablet is working. Do not be concerned that the tablet is not working if the patient does not feel burning or tingling. 